Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm here with Maura Cassidy. And Hi today there. we're talking about patience. We are. And um, I have to just share something personal. I don't know if this is a bit of an overload, but even um, sometimes patience is just accepting where we're at right now. So I'm not feeling particularly patient right now. So it's helpful to realize um, when we think of patience, I think I, I think of Zen and I think of people who are very serene and understanding and really good listeners. And of course, that's all what patience is. Or people are able just to be constant and stick with the program. But it doesn't necessarily mean just because it looks like that, because it's a virtue we're talking about, it, it isn't actually um, necessarily a natural thing. It's actually something that you need to work at to um, to acquire it. So um, because it does require understanding why this would be a good thing. And also it does require actually practicing it, working at it, which of course, you, putting it positively means there are often lots of opportunities to grow in this. And at the same time, when you say there's lots of opportunities, it means that it's actually quite painful. It means stepping into the space of discomfort frequently if you're going to grow in it. So mm-hmm. like all virtues, mm-hmm. um, I always think it's helpful to say what is what what is not patience. So um so impatience, what is it? And we could all give a whole list of things that impatience looks like because we've probably had oodles of them um, in our day. And and I think if you get back to a root, why why are we impatient? You know, why are you know why are mums and dads impatient trying to get their little, little three year old just dressed quicker? Or why you know why are we impatient with I don't know waiting for you know Amazon to load pay, its web web page up? Or why are we impatient in a traffic jam? Because um, well, we're, we're rushing somewhere, or and it's good to ask the you might say the ex- existential question: Where are you running to? Where are you going? Because if everything in life is a rush, um, well, we're we're sort of striving after the impossible. And and I I was very struck once hearing this um, observation by this man who was paraplegic. He had had a, an accident, and he, he, as you can imagine, he couldn't move except he moved his mouth. I think. Um, and one of his observations was he was somebody who was really outgoing and very active as a person before he was paralyzed. And he said he noticed how much people moved without knowing where they were going. And I just thought that was really, really interesting. And I think this podcast gives us permission to ask the question, where am I going? You know, time is our most precious resource. And um, we get so caught up in the whole idea of time management, which seems to say, well, it's important. But we're so busy instrumentalizing time, but we, we forget to inhabit time, to be in time. Um, it's a little bit like I was listening to somebody um, say recently, you know, she's expecting her first baby. And she said, um, I said, have you read all the parenting books? And she said, um, I'm avoiding them. And I said, really? And I thought, oh, this is great, it's fascinating. I said, God, how, how did you manage that? She said, well, because um, my sister-in-law has read all of them. And um, she just went the whole route of child development. So there's so many child development goals that I just thought this child is going to be a failure from day one. And it was almost like, you know, they were just waiting for the child to grow up, you know, desperate for the child to grow up so then they could breathe a sigh of relief because parenting was over. And her comment was, I just really want to enjoy, enjoy my child. I'm not saying I want to leave them off running the nip, you know, Mother Earth kind of thing. But at the same time, I just want to enjoy the fact that this is my first child and it's mine and this is Mm -hmm. cool. So I just thought it was, I suppose sometimes just being able to ask ourselves the questions, do I really want to do it this way? And what makes sense? Um, Because we do live in a world that's phonetically busy and um, 
I think it was Marilyn Robinson, you know, the famous American writer, who said that, you know, our world is like the joyless urgency of our age. Mm. You know, so this constant sense of sort of existential overwhelm of, you know, I'm not reaching, you know, my career goals or I'm not the perfect mom or I'm not the perfect wife or there's so many things to attend to. And objectively, there's an awful lot to do. Like we, but why is stress and anxiety such a, a, an important component, you might say, of our world? So I think the first thing I'd say in all of this is maybe to ask ourselves the question, you know, do I want to live in time? You know, it's 2022. What's that going to look like for me? It's not going to be here forever. We're finite. Time is finite. It'll be over. And we want to be able to live it and experience it as opposed to just, you know, use it like money, like it flitters through through our hands. And also it's the thing of... um the information overload. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, you know, particular to our era, you know. Uh, I think people probably had information overload back in the 80s as well. But I, I think any any decision that you make requires time. So even when you're looking at things like, you know, the typical thing where you have a New Year's resolution or you have an idea that you have in plan, that, that takes time to execute. So I think mm. sometimes we think we have no time because we've just acquired all this information that we're getting and we're saying, I want to do this, I want mm. to do that, I want to do whatever. And then we feel like we've no time because we've all acquired this kind of, you know, aspirations to do, dreams that are next to, like we're mm. finite. So it's next to impossible to be able to go to India and then, you know, I don't know, skydive then in Australia and then rear a family and then hold down a job, you know, that kind of way. Well, you, so, can, you can't do it all and then the fear yeah. of missing out, I And suppose, I think that's yeah. kind of a... That, that kind of imagery coming into our into our eyes every single day can give us a little bit of anxiety thinking, mm. you know, what am I doing with my time? Mm. When in reality we're doing actually perfectly mm. fine. It's just that we're not doing 50 million thousand things that we're actually receiving mm. every single day when we're flicking through our phone or whatever, you know. And I think as well, it's that's a very interesting point you raise because I suppose it does ask us to ask ourselves the question, well, why am I here and what, what are my core values? And whether you're into the signs of happiness, you know, if you're an Arthur Brooks fan or whatever, anything like that, they're all pointing in the same direction. They're all saying, look, all the studies show that no matter where you peak, and typically people who do are highly successful, you know, they come to their midlife, you know, 40, late 40s, they're 50 point, and they go, they feel like an absolute disaster. They feel like, what did I do? What have I achieved? Because of course, all these achievements are wonderful, but the things that really fill us are the meaning in why I do it, not just chasing after things. Mm. So it's that sense of why am I working? You know, am I working for myself? Am I working to make the world a better place? Am I working for my family? Am I enjoying the work that I'm doing or I'm just in a rush to get to the end of this or a rush to get that job over the line or whatever it is? And also that sense of not, not you, you know, you mentioned there that thing of feeling we have to do all these things that we're receiving, you know, whether mm. it's through our, you know, our social media or whatever, that we don't actually, there's no filter there to go, well, hang on for a second here. That sort of healthy procrastination of, well, I, I don't actually need to go there and I don't want to do that because I'm doing this instead. Yeah. And that constant decision-making helps us to actually uh, affirm. Hmm. Or being slow in making decisions, like yeah. slow in, in committing to certain things because we don't, we don't have to say yes yeah. to everything, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And I think as well, um, so I suppose in some ways we're almost too impatient to do that, you know, um, and just I was very struck by uh, something I was reading recently and it, it, it was exploring this thing that this um, art historian, uh, I think her name is Jennifer Roberts, does with her students because she realizes in this, with her students now is that um, 
there's a huge lack of patience. And she feels, look, if you're going to appreciate art, you need to actually be patient enough to actually pre- give it the time to appreciate. And you can't rush it. Mm. So um, what the first thing she asked the students to do was go to and pick their favourite painting, sit in front of her for three whole hours without any device, any social media, anything. And um, this particular writer commented on he did this experiment himself. And he said... First 15 minutes, he was like, oh my God, I hate this painting. I picked the wrong painting. Then he's going, well, this is ridiculous. No one to know just art anymore. How could you ask anybody to do this? And he said it took until 90 minutes for him to suddenly start going, noticing in the painting, mm-hmm. noticing the color, noticing the expression, noticing a message, all these kinds of things. And at the end, he really began to you know, be in the zone, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's a little bit the same. I don't know about you, but... You know, when we go and we see this amazing, I don't know, you climb a mountain, you see something really beautiful, or you see a lovely image, and um, and you, you feel, oh, slightly disappointed, you know, it's not as good as my screensaver, or it's not as good as, you're kind of going, God, there's something wrong with me, and so you try to just almost try harder to take it in. Okay, maybe I'm just missing something here. And then you realize, why is it that the most beautiful things don't exhilarate me in the same way. And it's, again, that thing of too much. We're like these children in a, in a chocolate factory. You know, five-year-olds, yeah. they just, we're just overindulged. Or when you, when you go mountain climbing with some people, they kind of rush up the mountain. Oh, that's that kind of, terrible. That's terrible reality. <laughs> who are like, those people? Yeah, I know. Like, those kind of people who kind of like, you know, you know, they're, they're going on an outing or whatever like that. And it's like the end is the result. Like yeah. the end is the achievement or the or the the celebration. And you're kind of going, no, I mean, look up, like stop looking down at the path. Okay, you, you don't want to collide with a rock, but like, you know, take your time. Mm. You know, it's, it's the peak isn't the 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 pinnacle yeah. of your outing. You know what I mean? It's it's the it's the process. It's the it's the whole experience. You know, and I think that sometimes happens in our day to day. We're forever kind of hopping from one to the thing to the next, and we're kind of doing the thing we're doing now, but we're also thinking of the thing we have to do afterwards. Mm. And uh, yeah, and we're holding our breath. Sometimes we're actually literally physically holding our breath, mm. and we just have to kind of you know breathe yeah and I suppose it's um yeah I suppose it's that whole thing of just valuing the now you know obviously we need sort of objectives or we need goals and we need to sort of to get ourselves moving but our whole life can't be like going through like a little going through all the hoops um because we're going to miss out we're going to miss out on the wonderful conversations with the people or just the chance encounters or just the joy of doing a good job um I thought it was interesting what you said there about climbing the mountain because um that whole thing of hobbies. I don't know if you've noticed it, but um, I was chatting to somebody the other day. Sorry, these are all, it's interesting. <laughs> all these things kind of came together for this podcast. But I was chatting to a friend about bikes and I thought, God, bike. And then one of them said, oh, get this bike. And I was like, you could hold it with your finger. It was so light. And I was like, that's really expensive. I said, yeah, but if you want to compete in this. And I was already, oh, right, getting into the whole thing of, okay, a triathlon bike, right. God, is it? Okay, right. Oh, I don't really like racers. But then I can't see. All I thought was, if I'm in a racer, I can't see anything around me. And then I thought, we've got two totally different objectives here. I'd love to cycle a bike that's not not a really heavy yoke, clearly. But at the same time, a bike that you can look up and take in things and go with friends and maybe take the train to the part of the Green Way mm-hmm. and County Waterford or whatever. And I just think that's really, it's really helpful for us to think of our hobbies, not as things that we do to achieve or to be competitive or to take, because that is exhausting. And we just mm-hmm. forget the fact that we're not made for that. We're kind of, we're kind of, we're creatures who need to absorb, to pulse, to be. We be, and then doing comes as a service at the being. Yeah. Whereas I think we've got so much into the doing that be is, we hope we'll pick it up along the way. Or that we apply the be sorry, <laughs> to a to-do list. 
Yeah, like we kind of exactly. go, well, I have to be now. So I'm just going to tick this box and, and you know, do meditation for 10 minutes or whatever. And then I've, I've got that done. You yeah. Know? I remember reading um, somebody, I can't remember who said, um, you know, we, we kind of pin this idea of fulfillment, like my life should be fulfilled. But we use that word fulfillment as full of experiences. Yeah, like, that's a good so point. just to, yeah, yeah. acquiring all these kind of experiences, but we're not actually, we're not actually savoring just just that sense of this experience is not like it's not quantifying an experience for the experience mm. itself. It's actually just living it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and sometimes it's the confidence just to go, yeah, "This is my life, and I only have one, and it's not a dress rehearsal." So it doesn't matter, you know, as you say, this is a lovely experience to be in the moment. You know, we've got so trained by social media. We're always wondering, what's everybody else doing? What am I missing out on? Mm. As opposed to go just right now. Like, I don't know, whenever you're with older people, I just find it lovely because, you know, there's such a wisdom about being older and also how sometimes they're just happy to take their time doing things. Except when you see with an older person, when you're rushing them, they, they just, they lose it. They just <laughs> don't know what's going on. Whereas they just love to have to sit and reminisce and we're just too busy to actually enjoy them. Whereas it's, it's lovely to watch an older person like, um, you know, I have, I'm lucky enough to live with, one of the people I live with is older and she's very attentive about stains <laughs> and she's really good at getting stains out and caring for things. And um, one day, this is a bit random now, one day she told me a story about her dad they used to have these used to mend their umbrellas. Oh, yeah. Yes, good God, what does that look like? You know, because the whole idea of patiently mending an umbrella. Yeah. You know, I just thought, wow. Anyway, sorry, it's kind of random, but I no, think but it's, it's kind of helpful. Yeah. But anyway, I suppose that whole idea of that we're made, to, we're pulsing, you know, we're not on buttons on all the time. And, um, and I think as well, what's going to be helpful, um, this philosopher, German philosopher Hegel, he had this thing about how we get so used to, um, I suppose, taking reality for granted, you know, so it could be a lovely day, but just I'm not happy with this or I'm not happy with that. And my reality becomes more important or things that work out are good, define my day. As opposed to the fact the sun rises, the sun sets, mm. you know, I can walk, a bit the Oprah Winfrey thing, you know, in the sense of I can put two pins under me, stand up and mm. I can breathe, life is good. You know, and I think that's really important for us to do that. Sometimes just to pause and to make ourselves uh, you know, take in the beauty of something, make ourselves be grateful for something. Because mm. some, some, some of this, we kind of need to retrain ourselves. Um, because otherwise, um, we just, I said, we take a lot for granted. And um, and we can't, I suppose the other thing about this is um, we can't see what we don't see. It's kind of an interesting statement. We can't see what we don't see. And there's lots of things we don't see. We've only two eyes. We don't, we don't, our bodies, you know, in like these horrible Greek goddesses or whatever, our bodies and covered loads of eyes. We've got two eyes and they're, they're in the front of our heads. They're not behind. So we can't see anything else except what we see. And then, so we have assumptions, we have perceptions. We don't have the full picture. And sometimes we're so busy getting, as you said, to the outcome that we don't pick up on the smells or the scents or the colors or the people or, you know, did you ever try, you know, um, you know the way listening and hearing are two different things? Mm -hmm. You know, we can hear, but we sometimes don't listen. Mm -hmm. um, to intentionally listen, we've talked about this a bit in the podcast, but that really helps patients. To intentionally take that person in and not to butt in and finish their sentence and not to go, yeah, no, no here's my story. Yeah. Um, have your narrative it's there. It's so interesting because sometimes you just realize that people have so many interesting things to tell you and far more interesting than you have to say. Mm. And um, I think that's helpful. Um, 
And also to experience the fact that, you know, um, to bide our time, you know, um, sometimes again, because typically patience becomes a problem when things aren't working out. And of course, it is an aspect, as you mentioned at the beginning, of the cardinal virtue of fortitude. So usually patience is particularly important when their difficulties arise or challenges. And some of those difficulties and challenges we can sort of, you know, take head on and work at them and come out the other end. Others we just have to endure. You know, they're almost chronic, as you'd say. And that can be very wearing. You know, it could be a relationship where somebody's not well or something, you know, and you just have to live with it. Or it's an endure it and love that person and discover the opportunities for self-growth in it. Or it could be just a very difficult job situation. You know, how many people, you know, sometimes get a promotion and think, yes, you know, it's great, I've got a promotion. And then they get it and they don't want it. Yeah, because they've been aspiring to it so much, yeah. Or even just the fact that they actually really enjoyed their previous job, Mm. where they just had the buzz, they knew the people, there was a great sort of atmosphere, just a great almost telepathy in the way they worked with their previous team. And then all of a sudden they're in a situation where they're managing a whole lot of problems. Mm. Or it just looks really boring. Because you're not a niche player anymore. You can't just take that project and run with it. Mm. You're actually just managing a lot of, you know, HR problems. And I think sometimes that is a case of going, wow, and that's kind of growing up. Let's be honest. You know, it's like, you know, parents of teenagers go, right, nobody told me it was going to be like this. You know, so it is, I suppose, I think it's helpful for us almost to think of it a little bit like um, to develop a taste for problems. Hmm. Because um, I think that's really important because we have this sort of fantasy that we're supposed to be almost reaching for a stage in life where there are no problems. You know, everything's working out. I've got the job, got the house, got the kids, the wife. Yeah, there's challenges, but that's all about excelling and performance and something to do with problems. Whereas I think um, that makes things even worse Um, because the bottom line is, is that what is a problem? You know, it's something that you're trying to, we can problematize a lot of things. Yeah. That aren't actually problems. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, just to make a little footnote on that one, it, there's this whole thing of escalation of language. You know, the way we talk about it, like I heard somebody saying the other day, other day on a podcast going, his, his daughter was going, oh my God, I'm so traumatized, dad. And he goes, what happened? And he said, they didn't post my comment. And he's going, you'd call that a trauma? Mm-hmm. And he was kind of educating us. That's not the wrong word. That's totally wrong word to use. So in some ways, that escalation of language almost problematizes loads of things. And they were led to believe that if we have problems in our life, that somehow we're not good enough, or we've done something wrong, or that I can't bear it. Whereas, as we know, we need, the human person needs sort of, we need challenge. We need discomfort to grow, mm-hmm. to, actually, to actually flourish as a human being. So it's normalizing problems is really, really important for us. Um, because the truth about it is, you know, life devoid, devoid of problems would be, would be a life without meaning. Because what is a problem? It's, it's something that asks you to go further, to try harder, to, 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 to ask you to address something, that there's a demand there. And if there's no demands or challenges, well, then there's no point. You might as well just be cash potatoes, really. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's that thing of just maybe just stopping and asking yourselves, look, there's no such thing as eradicating problems. That's not the game plan here. It's just appreciating the fact that life is constantly about engaging and finding other language for it. Maybe it's a challenge, it's an opportunity, it's a new situation, it's an opportunity to grow, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, I, think, I think you need the dip in order to find the solution. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're thinking of fortitude, um, sometimes we're, we're always kind of 
tight on uh, tight on our our gain, like on yeah. what we want to achieve. So we're kind of going, it should go from A, B, and C. And when we're withstanding things and we're we're acquiring that virtue of patience, that kind of dip, that kind of sense of not finding the solution is actually a moment where we actually grow. Yeah. We actually find other elements of our personality yeah. that we didn't have, I think, or we, yeah. we haven't discovered yet. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? So a, I think it's yeah. helpful to know that, you know, that those kind of moments of angst maybe sometimes or, or that feeling of frustration is 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 a moment where we can it's, it's not like the immediate solution but it is a moment of of growth for us yeah that can help us find the solution later on yeah we might find it there yeah you know so and it's also it's almost even like say if you have a work project you don't you don't step into mm. and you're, you're in it and you go I wish this was over and it's that absolutely you said there that realization that you won't get the aha moment. You won't get that sense of putting it together until you've put the slog into it. Yeah. The thought, the application, yeah. you know. And, and standing also gives you that sense, that that inspiration that you yeah. need. I mean, I often think of those, you know, you know, at one stage I remember reading about Russian authors and, uh, you know, they have this, you know, they, they're so deep and they're so, like there's so much, uh, there's so much, understanding about human race as they're writing you know mm. and somebody was explaining that a lot of these people suffered quite a bit yeah and as a result they're able to kind of have that edge mm. in their creativity that they wouldn't have otherwise mm. it's not that you know you want to be suffering just to have creativity but even when you're thinking of like being stuck in traffic rather than kind of like pushing you know in your head of that kind of thing i want to be over i want this to be over because i have to get to x mm. maybe just sit in the traffic and kind of go maybe i'm going to find some kind of inspiration mm. here, yeah. you know, that I didn't expect because yeah. I'm just withstanding reality. I'm just accepting reality. You know? Yeah. And I think we're, we're both acknowledging that we have very limited control over things. Mm. So, um, and sort of we're just so busy to get, as you say, to the end result that we don't, um, we're just rushing and we're not going to actually, you might find the solution or appreciate or just calm down or just accept. Yeah, you think you find the solution in the thing that yeah. you that you think you're yeah. pinning it to, but you might find the solution somewhere else. Yeah. You know? I remember it, somebody was saying that they saw somebody yesterday on a scooter uh, also texting. And I was thinking like, that's like your recipe for disaster, you know, far from like, you know, the danger that you acquired in doing that. But, you know, there's this kind of sense of this multitask, like mm. I have to uh, just give your brain mm. just, you know, a bit of but a bandwidth to yeah. think like you don't have to be putting in loads of things there to and we get the, the challenge is of course we get so used to you see doing that mm. so before we realize it is that if we're not actually can you know phonetically doing something we feel like as if there's something wrong yeah you know busyness is fulfillment or yeah you know, exactly or yeah you know, and Achieving. even at the point you made about creativity like how many creative people just put in writing a novel just put them, you know, a cup of coffee at the desk, sat down for four hours and then stopped and they did something else and they just showed up. Yeah, 98% like, perspiration, 2% inspiration. Yeah. And that whole idea of that creativity just doesn't come because you're a genius. It comes just putting the slog in. But as you say, being happy with the dips. Yeah. And like I was listening to this guy there the other day on a podcast who was saying, you know, he, he wrote 
it was his 13th book that was published. Like he wrote 13 novels wow. <laughs> by the time he was published. And the, the, the interviewer was saying, oh, that must have been really frustrating. And he said, not, you know, not at all. I mean, I love writing. Uh, so for me, it was all about, you know, the experience of writing. Wow, look at him. You look at him, yeah. I mean, he was holding down a full-time job as he was doing this, you know, and he was writing into the night. But, you know, yeah, it's it's not only creativity, I think, it's just everything in life, yeah. you know, that, that you, you're able to withhold or withstand certain things. You get a lot of fruit out of that, yeah. you know, rather than just, you know, achievement, achievement, achievement. And, just and everything I, I think it's just perfectly. reminding yourselves of that. That's what a human being looks like, where sometimes mm-hmm. we see these award ceremonies, you read these books, you know, dream whatever you want to be, great from great to greatness. And you go, mm-hmm. oh God, and it's already stressing you out thinking, I'm a complete failure, yeah, yeah. you know. But I think as well, it's it's that whole thing of um, what helps us to strengthen the muscle of patience um, is that thing of being able to... Um, to stop, to be able to sort of give each aspect of our life a space. Because sometimes what we do is we sort of max out on something, you know. So in the workplace, you know, I max out, you know, 10, 12, 14 hour days, this kind of thing, you know, people do in their early 20s and they're almost expected to do it. That is such a bad habit because then it gives you the sense of if I feel this is important, well, it gets my maximum input. Whereas it's it's the ability to go, no, work stops now at five because family begins, not family begins now, but my kids need me mm-hmm. or my friends need me or my chores need me or, you know, um, I actually chatted to someone in the phone the other day and she says, no, I'm down in the supermarket getting scallions. And I said, oh, that's great. And I said, right, do you really like scallions? She said, no, I'm just fixing up a, a salad at home. And I said, oh, do you people coming in? And she said, no, no, I'm just doing a salad for myself. And I know she, I know that sounds kind of almost unusual, but I thought, oh God, that's so lovely to see that somebody goes, oh, it would be nice to have some scallions. I will go down. This is somebody who's really good at her job and really, yeah. you know, I really admire her. And I go, wow, I just love to see people just going, okay, let's just freedom to go and let's just do this. Let's finish this off well. Or, mm-hmm. you know, anyway, that's kind of off the point. But I think it's that thing of being able to go, what are the, we've talked about this before, what are the pizza toppings in my life? What are the really critical aspects of my life? My family, my home, my hobbies, my, you know, reach out local community outreach commitment to the training the local GA team or whatever it is that that they all get the space they need because a very important part of patience is being able to stop mm-hmm. something and begin something else because it strengthens strengthens the muscle um I think as well, you know, we think about in the spiritual space, obviously you mentioned at the outset this whole thing about that it's actually part of the cardinal virtue of fortitude. And you can't really talk about patience without quoting or talking about the book of Ecclesiasticus. It's always quoted, unfortunately, at funerals. Yeah, but I always think it's too late. You know, I'd love to hear this more often during the year. Like, it's no use to to the person. If you go to a lot of funerals, you're going to hear it. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But it's not the type of thing you go, God, I must go to a funeral if I want to hear this. But it's that whole thing for everything, there's a season. You know, and a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. And I think if you just put that up as your screensaver, you know, because it just gives you permission to go. Now, we're, you know, the summertime is a time to be in summer mode. So changing the routine, you know, now it's a time to be with a loved one who's sick changing the routine. Now is the time to be, okay, if there's a deadline at work, see with, you know, your other half or your housemates isn't guys, I'm going to be out late or whatever. Or, you know, I need a bit of support or I need a bit of extra. There's a time for everything. And there's also a beautiful sort of synergy between people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's a very important part of all this because we're not enough in ourselves. We're led to think you are enough. We are all beautiful, we are all special, but so is everybody else. Yeah. 
And we're not enough on ourselves when we need other people. And I think it's to realize, as we said at the outset, you know, that, you know, our strength isn't our own. And particularly in the spiritual space, our strength is on loan. And you might say in the, in the Catholic Christian space, God is father and we're a child and we'll always be the child. And I think as we, in life, we need to keep sort of embracing that because we lose the child in us. Mm-hmm. You know, the typical six-year-olds in the classroom, the minute the teacher asks a question, the hands go up before the question is finished. We'll get to 11 and they're all kind of slightly coy going, it's all about who's going to notice me, is that a stupid response and is this cool? Do you know what I mean? Apart from the ones who are still in the kind of eight-year-old mode, hands up, hands up. But it's just, that's what happens to us. We get kind of too adult. And I think it's really important for us to sort of reclaim that thing of, you know, I am a child and I always will be a child and patience is acknowledging that fact is that little children are not expected to be adults Mm. and there's a lot of things we talked about this in the previous podcast I think the whole thing of accepting our spiritual limits and what does that look like well the important part of patience is, you know, our Lord tells us in the gospel in the gospel of St. Luke he says by your patience you'll win your souls wow you know I have to say whenever I see older people I go you are amazing Mm -hmm. because you've got this far in life and you're still getting, I'm sorry this sounds a bit negative, but you're still getting out of bed and you look lovely and you're reaching out to your neighbours and you're showing up for this and going to your local bridge club. And I just think that's amazing. You know, because, you know, you're not able in the same way. You're sort of falling apart a bit. Do you know what I mean? Your memory yeah. is going and all this kind of thing. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And patience was described, I think, by, I think Pope Benedict said it was a daily form of love, you know, and it's faithfulness. So if we're thinking about, I want to be faithful, I want to show up, what does faithful means is that, you know, you can count on me, I'm reliable. You know, in marriage, yeah, I'm with you till the end, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, or in a friendship, or in a work scenario, or with a problem. Don't worry, it doesn't matter how bad it's going to get, I'll watch your back, you know, we'll get through this. Mm-hmm. And so then people, you know, the stress levels go, apart from the stress levels going down, but it's so, so important. You know, St. Augustine, one of the great church fathers, wrote a whole treatise on patience. So if you want to really dig into it, dig into St. Augustine. St. John Chrysostom had a thing or two to say, so did Francis Xavier. Um, but that whole idea that he had this sense that it's such a great gift of God. And it's a mark that God is dwelling within us. Mm-hmm. So for your patience, it's godly. And we know it ourselves. You know, if you're with somebody who's patient, you just kind of go, wow, you're so patient. Well, it's kind of overlapping with humility, I think. That kind of sense of your time is not yours. Yeah. You know, it's a gift. So you're less sort of entitled about it, I think. You know, kind of like, you know, more important about yourself. Yeah. And it's also about patience with people in the sense of time is one thing, but patience with people. You know, this person has stepped into my, my life right now or into this situation. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Well, this person is now inhabiting your space. But yes, that, that's another person. It's not, it, it, you know, as you say, it's not really your time. If that person has shown up, this is what's your time. This is what inhabits your space right now. Yeah, you often hear about, you know, uh, saints when you read their lives, that sense of being in the situation that they're in. Like St. John Paul II, for mm. example, there was a lot of comments about him of how he dealt with people that he had you know, super busy schedule, whatever, but he'd be in front of somebody and it's like as if that person was the only person there for him. Mm. Like to be able to achieve that is just quite something, you know, just the ability to be with that person there while everybody else is kind of running around and there's, you know, a very tight schedule ahead of him and yet he's there, you know. 
yeah. for that person. Yeah, and it's it's always that idea that I suppose what is I think is helpful, particularly for us to go well. Okay, if I'm patient, what's the what's in it for me? And patience it helps us to be suffer in silence. You're not always, you know, if you're really upset about something, you're oh God, I want to find somebody to rant to. You just go whoa whoa, back up a little bit. You know, hang on for a second. Maybe just, you know, make an act of presence of God. You say, look, our Lord, I'm finding this really hard right now. I think I'm, maybe I need to turn the other cheek here. Maybe I need to not be sort of hijacked by my emotional reaction here. Or maybe it is a bit tough, but you know what? You know, help me to create space from this. Or sometimes even just that purity of heart that Our Lady had to be able to go, well, it's not always how I see it. What What's the bigger picture on this? So it, patience does help us to suffer in silence. And it's not a kind of a sort of what I'd call walk over, you know, sort mm-hmm. of a virtue. Because sometimes we think of patience of like people who are just, you know, they're just there and they don't do much. And yeah, they're, they're like a wallflower. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, your little carpet, just walk over and go, sorry. Mm-hmm me again whereas the truth is patience is people who have really strong characters often mm. you know because they're willing to go yeah like I was very struck by a, a story I heard of this priest who went to um, went to a country went to a country after the war and he was German and um, he he got a really hard rack you know from this particular country because of course he was German after war, you know, World War Two. And at one point he was thinking about, well, maybe I'm not needed here, you know, obviously. And he thought, no, I can suffer. I can suffer this. And this is for God's glory. And he he lived all his life there and he was more loved by the people in that country than anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's such a beautiful thing of putting your core value, putting God, putting your life purpose, your identity ahead of how you feel or even what reality is telling you. Because reality often tells you, you know, not good enough or whatever. And I just thought that was a beautiful thing. Or, you know, it's also a thing of um, patience helps us to cope with tiredness, you know, when we're just feeling, I just don't, I, I, you know, I'm just not sure I'm able to fin- finish this off. And you just go, well, yes, I can. Or biting your tongue or, or even just that thing of other people's bad temper or just not complaining, you know, um, being, being able to be all things to all men, you know, that thing of what, what does, I remember somebody once saying, use me, Jesus, what does this person need of me right now? You know, it's such a lovely thing to be able to go, okay, this person needs me to listen, this person needs me to smile, this person, and it just shuts down the sort of internal narrative of what am I getting out of this, which does, is a big struggle for us, mm. you know, because if we're outcome focused, we're always going, is this the best use of my time as opposed to what does this person need of me? Um, I think Pope Benedict had a lot to say about it, and that's why I like to quote him on this, but he says, he basically says that the virtue of patience has always had a kind of upfront and central place in Christianity. And one of his, his, his things he says is that we have a problem with being patient with God because we want God sometimes to be stronger. You know, show yourself. A bit like the, the, the apostle says to Jesus, go on, show yourself up. Come on, mm. you know, be God, man up. And, um, you know, strike out against the evil. Get, you know, hit back at the Pharisees. Um, and that's what ideologies are. You know, they, 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 that's what they do is they justify themselves. They destroy, they, you know, make progress. They liberate. But God's is patience, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's the power of man that destroys the world and it's the patience of God that actually saves the world. And, and I think it's, it's beautiful for us to think of that, you know, he who perseveres to the end will be saved. And so patience is very closely linked with being able to be faithful to the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's where, you know, the famous gospel narrative about the judgment, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. You're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Welcome into the joy of your master. So ultimately, sometimes we think it's about, it's not, it's just about sticking the pace. 
Um, and so often we just feel like just abandoning the effort, you know, you know, or just this, you know, this, I'm not made for this. I've given as much as I can. This is it. And okay, sometimes that's true. You know, maybe we're not the right person for something, but it is important that we sort of take it, uh, you know, take it maybe prayerfully, take counsel on that so that we're not just bailing out because I don't feel I can contribute. Whereas maybe just your presence is enough. Yeah, and you I know? think patience has, you know, I mean, it obviously overlaps with a lot of other virtues, you know, but it, it, prudence is very much in there, you know, yeah. and sometimes we think of prudence as kind of like cautiousness, but in fact, it is patience in your decision making, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes holding holding yourself back rather mm. than that idea is what you were saying about, you know, kind of complaining or venting when something doesn't, doesn't go right. Or, you know, we're, we're almost stealing ourselves of the opportunity to actually think of this mm. when we offload, yeah. like when we give it to somebody else and we're kind of hoping to get kind of, you know, detach ourselves from the problem. Yeah. When in reality, it's probably better to just hold on to the problem for as much as we can possibly yeah. to be able to kind of reflect on it and, and to be able to find a solution with God about it. Um, and give ourselves that opportunity because we have the potential mm. to, to think it through, you yeah. know, and then possibly share and ask advice and things like that, but not not to be kind of like offloading it in the sense of detaching ourselves from yeah. it, you know. Well, it's almost like saying, not nothing to do with me. Yeah. Irresponsible, just, yeah. you know, not my problem, your problem, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, it's, it's, it's such, that's such a helpful point, you know, that... Um, you know, um, I think St. Rosa Maria, well, like all the saints, had a lot to say on this. And he used to say, to begin is easy and to persevere is sanctity. And um, and I think it is something that we need to reclaim in this generation because it is something I think we've lost a bit. You know, it's kind of like opt-out clauses. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel, okay, well, I have one life, one life to live, and it's not working for me. Well, I, have, I step away. Yeah, Whereas, the easy idea of people say, you know, I mean, well, if you weren't happy, really, or, if, yes. you know, as long as you're happy. And I, well, uh, yes, but you know, sometimes happiness, you know, it, it, we confuse it with pleasure. We kind of think, you know, yeah, exactly. what, what do you mean by that? Like that the person has changed everything and moved country and left all behind their commitments as long as they're happy. Well, maybe, but well, they're chasing happiness, might work, but yeah. long term it might. Yeah. yeah. And obviously there are situations people are in that are very difficult and maybe mm. they do need to step away mm-hmm. from them. That's not obviously what I'm talking about here. Um, and as, as ultimately, as we talked many times in the, this podcast, that happiness is an inside job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a case of um, it doesn't come to you. It's not something you're, you 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 in pursuit of happiness. That's that's such a such a such a wrong such a lie. Mm-hmm. You don't pursue happiness. You 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 choose happiness, and you once, become happy. Yeah, I remember her, it was very telling. Actually, when I was in college, um, we came back. We were in Rome and we were traveling in a bus, and we were going back. And I was in Spain at the time, and we stopped off in Monaco. Okay, mm-hmm. and Monaco, of course, is absolutely like replete with beautiful, rich people, you know. And um, and I remember just walking along the beach, and I must have been about twenty years of age at that stage. And I remember looking at all these people, you know, out in coffee shops, sitting there, you know, with their espressos and everything. Nobody was talking, nobody was laughing. And then there was ourselves who hadn't showered for like two mm-hmm. days because we're on a bus and we'd roughed it for like, you know, for a good week or and we were just joyous, mm. you know, and it, the contrast was so striking for me mm. that I was thinking, you know, what is it we're striving for like in this mm. life, you know, it's mm. so contrary to what like what's perceived or what's projected to us mm. as kind of like happiness. Mm. So, and yeah. how much your happiness is others, mm-hmm. you know, and it's making the time and connecting with others and needing others, you know. Um, 
I think as well, um, it is, I suppose, just I suppose another interesting aspect, I suppose, in all of this is, um, you know, patience is with ourselves can be a bit challenging. You know, we've talked about things that we can do. Um, and I thought it, oh, the gospel is full of examples of our Lord's patience. And I always think they're helpful and we're so familiar with them, but sometimes we don't see them as being sort of patience. We see other things there. And I was thinking, preparing this podcast was about, um, you know, the ones where our Lord basically, you know, he says to Martha, he says, you know, you know, only one thing is necessary. You know, she just was maxing out going, can you just tell Mary, she just said, this is the end result here. Get Mary moving and doing. And he's going, you've lost the plot here. She's doing the one thing she needs to do. And that's, I suppose our perception of things is often so rushed and defined and clear and certain. And sometimes we don't actually step away, as you said, to actually see it with God or pray about it. And so if we're talking about how to grow in patience, you know, from a sort of spiritual perspective, um, which of course influences our human, is prayer is the first thing, is to ask for it. And then to explore images or examples of patience in the gospel. Like our Lord talks about the prodigal son. Well, what's so beautiful about that is the patience of the father going out day after day to look out on the horizon to see if his son is there. You know, that's things that we really want and love. Do we have the patience to pray for them like that or to hope for them? Or do we, as you mentioned earlier, feel so entitled? God, you're not giving me this. You're just not good enough. You're not God almost. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, you know, our Lord didn't get, you know, too hassled. You know, he, he kind of just went, you know, people kicked him out of various towns and cities and he had to kind of go quietly and almost undercover. And he didn't have a bit of a, he didn't get all hassled and annoyed and put out by that. Mm. He just kind of got on with it, accepted. Um, so I think that's a beautiful example. And I think also when we sort of try to practice it, or to, you know, to struggle in this, um, it's not easy and there's so many opportunities to be patient. And I think patience with ourselves, you know, when we just get tired of ourselves or we're tired of the multiple sort of as we see sort of battlefronts that we have to be patient on and um or just pay, impatient with the monotony of things you know you've had a really busy year and you just can't see beyond your nose and and those are moments to kind of I suppose acknowledge our humanity you know I'm only a ch child of God to break it down to small pieces you know well why don't I you know the, as I mentioned earlier that relationship how can I be more patient in that or that bit of feedback that I'm finding hard you know well okay is there any truth in it well how can I take that on board as opposed to how can I react to it you almost be quite almost kind of black and white about it as opposed to how do I feel about it how do I perceive it it's more a case of well what can I do with it you know is it the end of the world or I love that line from Bridge of Spies that that Russian um, spy says to Tom Hanks he goes but would it help Mm -hmm. You know, and that's such a lovely line for, but would it help? Would it help if I lose my cool on this? Would it help if I, whatever? Um, and then again, I suppose the best things in life are just to finish really are the things that are unnoticed. And the best things in life are so many are things of the heart. You know, you think the best things in life are those, that time you listened to that person, they rang you at a time which was just not really opportune. And you just listened and you heard the detail and you responded or those unasked for acts of kindness and love that, you know, people feel loved and, you know, we journey along together. And charity always is patient with others because charity is always the thing that needs to triumph. It's the ultimate virtue. Um, and, and I think... That's something that, you know, at the end of our a day, you know, it's helpful to ask ourselves, you know, maybe you feel you had a disaster of a day, everything went awry and people got angry with me and upset and I'm annoyed with myself because I'm not even sure what I did. At the end of the day, did I love? You know, we can always love, you know, what, where can I love in this situation? And that's the ultimate, you might say, triumph of patience is when we're patient with others and 
patient with ourselves because then we can love others better. Mm-hmm. Thanks a million, Maura. Okay, so um, that's us for now. And hopefully we'll do another podcast. Obviously, we, we, we aim to do podcast episode every fortnight. And uh, so we'll see you in the next two weeks. We will. Thank you.